December 8th is our 75th birthday, and you could win $800. Text the word birthday and your full name now to 514-800. Details at cjad800.com. The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank Discussion with Passion on CJD 800. Welcome to the Friday edition of Passion tonight where just about anything goes. Um, I share some new research with you. We'll talk about research from the Canadian Public Health Association on what teens want in terms of sexual health education and on teen dating violence. They did some focus groups with teenagers themselves. So out of their mouths, what's missing for them and what they want more of. We'll talk about a swinger super spreader event and how the pandemic may have permanently changed dating practices. That's all coming up after 10.15, but first... Time to check out our inbox. Your texts are always welcome. Connect with passion at 514-800. couple of letters to share with you in texts. Uh, this person says, I'm trying to figure out what to give my teenager for Christmas. He's turning 14. I'm thinking perhaps condoms and a data plan. I hope that was a uh, a joke. How about first... Uh, maybe getting him a book on uh, sexuality for that's age appropriate. You can go into the uh, section at chapters or, or any or look it up on Amazon. But something that is age appropriate, but what's happening to his changing body. Something that talks about what happens to girls as they mature. Uh, something that talks about all aspects of sexuality. I think that's a a better place to start than condoms, unless you are you know he's having sex, which. That would be quite young. Uh, so please talk to him about responsibility and making proper choices for himself uh, and things like that. As for the data plan, I don't know. If it's to access porn, maybe not such a good idea. Uh, there you go. All right, a couple of text uh, messages here by uh, email to lori at drlori.com. The letter you read last week was so moving, it had me with a few tears because the person who wrote in loves her husband so much. I look forward to hearing hearing it again with a box of Kleenex bets by my bedside. My brother, who is currently enlisted in the Canadian Air Force, will be taking part in something very special on December 24th. I love these feel-good stories, which is why I'm sharing them with you, even if they have nothing to do with sexuality. This has an interesting history to it. In 1955, Sears in the United States advertised in newspapers a phone number where they can speak directly to Santa. The phone number was a misprint, and the number was actually to NORAD operations in Colorado. Calls began to come in, and Colonel Harry Shoup began to get calls from kids wanting to speak with Santa Claus. Colonel Shoup did not disappoint and became known as the Colonel Santa. Thus was the beginning of NORAD Santa tracking. You likely saw the channel on TV, and on December 24th, does not matter what time zone you are in, kids of all ages can see where Santa is as he makes his way around the world, and kids can call NORAD for updates at one eight seven seven hi H-I, NORAD, N-O-R-A-D. My brother is volunteering his time to take calls as he has done for the past five years. The volunteers take calls from all over the world in every language. You can Google NORAD Santa Tracker for the website. I'm very proud of my brother and love him very much and miss him. If there is 
one phone call I look forward to on December 25th. It's the one from my brother. The world needs a little magic imagination and something to bring out the kid in us all. Dr. Laura, you have given so much to so many over the years and the thanks you thank yous are too few. Let me say from my heart, thank you. Well, that's uh, that's very very sweet. <laughs> yes, it was a joke for the guy. <laughs> what should he get his son? Uh, but seriously, a book for Christmas? Woohoo! I'm so excited. Well, it doesn't have to be the only Christmas gift you give your kid. I like personally, I like all kinds of little thoughtful uh, gifts rather than one big gift. But that's just me. You decide for yourself. Uh, Dr. Lawyer, my wife and I recently started listening to your show and we are really curious for an honest answer. Has a couple ever come to you because they are both extremely outgoing extroverts and the guy is allergic to chocolate? I had to read on because this didn't make sense. I don't think I've ever met anybody allergic to chocolate personally, but Uh, So certainly nobody would come to my office because one person is allergic to chocolate. I'm honest in saying it's an instant conversation starter if it gets out that I'm allergic to chocolate. Uh, I'm 45. My wife will be 32. We are both members of 12-step programs. I'm five years clean without uh, a bet, and my wife is six years clean of narcotics. Um, Let's see. It goes on to describe what they look like. Um, I know it's a long question, but it infuriates my wife when I drop the random fact that I'm allergic to chocolate in conversations with women. When it's found out that I'm allergic to chocolate, women are begging to tell me their life story. It's fact. My wife is a hairstylist. And when we started dating, I used to go pick her up at work and one of her coworkers would let it slip. I'm allergic to chocolate. To tease my then girlfriend, women would just start talking to me. One thing is I'm very charming and charismatic and love talking. But since I was 20, I've heard the story at least a hundred, not a word of a lie. If the woman is divorced who has been cheated on within 10 minutes of talking to her, it's like I'm her new therapist. Uh, it's so it's so bad that my wife demands I don't tell women I'm allergic to chocolate unless it's a professional. Have you ever run across this or a similar issue? Uh, no. <laughs> the answer is No. That's uh, unusual. I really don't know what the link is between women flirting or sharing or oversharing simply because they find out you're allergic to chocolate. If somebody said to me, I'm allergic to chocolate, I go, oh, that's interesting. That's too bad for you that you're allergic to chocolate. I, I'd be sad if I couldn't eat at least some chocolate some of the time, but I don't know if it's an opening to divulge uh, everything. So I'm, I'm not quite clear on the connection really that you're making there, but we can let it go at that. Uh, hello, Lori. We are in the car and listen to a comedy version of The Night Before Christmas, and my husband thought it was a bit funny. We were wondering if the passion poet, I hope he's listening, could write a funny, sexy, naughty version of The Night Before Christmas. The pimple penis poem still gets a laugh. <laughs> So that's from Samantha and her family. So Passion Poet, you heard it. How about it? We get The Night Before Christmas, a funny version. I'm telling you, we get like requests now for specific types 
of poetry. So, um, so that's uh, certainly kind of fun. So I've got lots of things I want to share with you tonight. Of course, you know, on Friday night, anything goes, which means if you want to send in questions throughout the night, I will answer them. If you have comments to make, uh, as to any of the stories I will be, uh, sharing with you, then you know, you can always do that. 514-800 to text in. You can also uh, call in at 514-790-0800. Coming up, I, I will share with you information. I attended a webinar from the uh, Canadian Public Health Association this week, and I want to share some of their findings with you because it's super important especially when they were doing this on teen uh, dating violence and sexual health education, something teenagers really, really need. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. As you know, on Friday nights, I like to bring you some of the latest research on sexuality, plus some fun stories and answer your questions and talk about whatever you want to talk about here on the program. So this week I attended a seminar, a webinar uh, by the Canadian Public Health Association along with the Center for Sexuality, and it was called Preventing Youth Dating Violence. And basically it was a, a study that looked at uh, how... Um, teaching as sexual and relationship health uh, as an intervention for youth dating violence. Uh, so dating, and I'll give you some of the, these statistics. So that here they looked at, they had uh, two parts to the study. One, they held um, many focus groups between uh, for kids between 12 and 19. And then they had uh, an online survey as well of uh, thousands of teenagers. So, um, they found that between 16 and 19 years of age, 75% had been in a romantic or a sexual relationship, 75%, which means we really do need to, to talk about it. Uh, when they broke it down in terms of activities, so remember this was done across provinces uh, as well. Uh, 59% had engaged in oral sex, 16% had engaged in anal sex, 47% had engaged in sending naked nude pictures of themselves. Uh, that's, that's almost half of teenagers and 48% had engaged in, uh, in intercourse again between the 16 and 19 year olds. Then they asked about, uh, youth dating violence. So, seven, so when they broke this down in terms of physical abuse, they only found only, but I'm saying only, but 1% is too much. 7% had experienced physical violence. 19% had experienced sexual abuse. They were forced to do something that they did not want to do. And when you grouped all the types of violence, meaning physical, emotional, or sexual, one third had experienced some form of dating violence. Uh, and 47% of those did not report it to anyone. So that's, those are the results on what's happening there. Uh, and then they were asked um, about their sexual health education experiences, which I thought was quite telling. 93% uh, had at least had 
one workshop. So you're talking about a one hour, one and a half hour uh, workshop. Uh, 87% it had been in elementary school. 76% had said high school. Uh, 40% said they had a few lessons. Uh, 4% had none. And only 22% said they had over seven uh, lessons in sexual health education. Uh, 63% felt that the person who taught was open and receptive to questions and only about 27% felt comfortable enough asking uh, questions. So many believe, of course, when in the focus groups, um, they were asked, uh, they all, the majority, close to 90%, believe that it should absolutely be taught by a sexual health educator, which I find interesting versus, say, a math teacher or a gym teacher. So 87% percent believe that should be taught by a specialist in the area of sexual health. And then they were asked, what information or what topics do you want to learn uh, more about and which topics had you learned about? So this I found also very interesting. And I've mentioned this on the program before. Only 20% had learned anything about pleasure and 52% wanted to learn more about pleasure. Uh, actually, yes. Yeah, so 80% did not learn about pleasure. 63% said that they never learned anything about healthy relationships. 58% said that they, they had not learned about sexual uh, assault. 53% said they had not learned about dating violence. Um, 63% said nothing. They learned nothing about diversity or very little. And 34% said they learned very little about uh, consent. And of course, they said these are all topics more information on. So he, the, the takeaway is that youth clearly value sexual health education. This, it, For them, this is really important. And what was underlined was the importance of learning about healthy versus unhealthy relationships. And, and so again, this fits with the mandate, which is to decrease teen uh, violence. And you do this through teen dating violence. You do it through the sexual health education um, program as well. So they also, teenagers also valued uh, inclusivity in teaching sex education. In other words, they wanted to learn far more than they ever got about sexual diversity, orientation, gender, um, et cetera. So uh, I thought to me, this was a, a quite, quite fascinating, um, because it came right from the teenagers, right? The ones who were out there who are experiencing whatever it is that they have. All right. I have a few questions here. Uh, my question is when I was in my teens, I was able to get an instant erection and had to try not to orgasm early. Now in my forties, I sometimes have to struggle to orgasm. My question is, do other men and women go through this? And the answer is absolutely. What's interesting is we know that men start to age, sexually speaking, around 35 years old. Now that doesn't mean that all men at 35 are going to experience a, a drastic difference, but you'll start to notice probably around that age that things aren't quite the same. When you're a teenager, you're full, that is your peak, let's say 19 years old, somewhere around there, is your peak testosterone levels. And they they can wane a little bit as you um as you get older. So 
all men will tell you, teenagers, spontaneous erections, embarrassing spontaneous erections happen. How many boys walk around with their books in front of their crotches because they want to hide. Uh, and of course, uh, premature ejaculation more common. It gets uh, longer and longer as you get older. So there are definitely changes that happen as we get older. Less spontaneous erections, more stimulation required, more time required, more direct stimulation required. Uh, and so this is this is just normal and nothing to freak out about. Although I know and I've seen in my practice that uh, men come in because they think there's something seriously wrong because it's so different than what they had experienced uh, in their early years, like in their 20s, for example. So nothing to worry about, even the occasional not being able to get it up, like that's all part of uh, part of normal, which is interesting because for women, it's not quite the same. Women, for all women, will start to show some effect of menopause. So all women go through menopause. They don't all go through it at the exact same time, but it's predictable. Whereas for men, the aging is not predictable. Uh, some men, and it, for men, it, it can depend on their health habits. It can depend on uh, whether they have uh, um, particular uh, health issues, if they're overweight, if they, I mean, if the more you take care of yourself, the better it is for your circulation, which in, involves your circulation in your penis um, as well. So it is different for uh, for men and women. Another question here is how do you how do you plenty of fish someone? So that plenty of fish is a website to meet people when you can't meet live due to COVID. Should we message and talk on the phone till there is a vaccine before meeting? So that's a question a lot of people have. Actually, I'm going to be talking to Elias Makos on Monday about this very issue uh, because you don't want to meet in person. You certainly don't want to invite a stranger to your home, uh, somebody you've never met except on a nap. But, uh, and I'll be talking about this tonight, how the landscape of dating is changing and that it may be a permanent change and not such a bad thing that you develop a relationship online. Uh, you may not be able to meet live, but you can meet, you can have FaceTime conversations and FaceTime dates where you can see the person's uh, body uh, movements and and body language and you get you can get a vibe from somebody even if you're not there in the in the same room but even through a screen yeah it's not exactly the same but it's something and you can develop a closeness with that person until it's safe uh, or you feel it's safe to meet now you can decide what that safety level might be. Like you may want to go for a walk. You can wear masks. You can go just for a walk. If you want to meet, meet in a park somewhere, even if it's cold, dress warm, that's okay. Uh, so that could be something that you do, or you can talk about the risks. In other words, uh, who's at risk? Or do you work in a, um, in a, in the healthcare profession? Are you exposed? If, one per if both of you have been in isolation for two weeks and haven't seen anybody else, then it's a possibility. Like, so there's every situation is kind of different. Um, but I think right now it's a really great opportunity because you have an excuse COVID to be able to not go and meet so many people out outside, but 
get to know them first online. And I don't see anything wrong with that. I think it's actually, it could help the dating, uh, the dating scene rather than uh, hinder it. That's my opinion. I don't know what other people think. This is Passion on CJD 800. I just got a poem from the Passion Poet that's a touch too naughty for the show. I know, but it's some words in there. No, I do not want to say out loud. So you want to clean it up a bit. We can read it maybe on Monday or Tuesday. Um, all right. You too can submit your poetry, uh, your Christmas poetry. That, that could be something that we do. That's, uh, that's kind of fun for the holidays, for, for leading up to the holidays anyway. All right, here's our stupid sex story of the day. Here's the headline. Model claims exposing her private parts to the sun boosts libido. So don't all go out there. Uh, a Brazilian model has said she exposes her private parts to the sun as a way to boost the, her libido. Letitia Martins, 23, known as Luna LeBlanc, posted a photo of herself to Instagram in which she's saluting the sun with her lady bits, something she says forms part of her morning routine. You wouldn't want to do that in minus 30 over here, but anyway. Uh, Sharing the eye-catching photo, she wrote, nothing better than a morning sun. Did you know that exposing your private parts to the sun can provide you with more energy, increase your libido, improve the circadian Rhythm, which regulates the entire functioning of the human body and still help you get a good night's sleep. I'd like to know where she gets the science for that. Uh, what did you think of this experience? I'm thinking I live in the northwest of London, so it's a big nope for me, somebody wrote. Uh, bizarrely, Luna is not the first Instagrammer to speak about the supposed benefits of pointing your nether regions towards the sun. Last year, a YouTuber and Instagram influencer called Megan from California shared some unusual snaps of the pose she holds to shine some sunlight on her bum and yoni, as she says. Megan claimed it was an ancient Taoist practice and also erroneously said 30 seconds of sunlight on your butthole is the equivalent of a full day of sunlight with your clothes on. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Much like Luna, Megan said it helped, gives her surges of energy and better sleep. She also said it aided in attracting my desires and intentions with ease, as well as drawing soul tribe and people who are on the same frequency and wavelength as me. She says it's truly more energizing than slamming cups of coffee. (laughs) I I, I don't know. Um, What about sunburnt genitals? That does not sound all that comfortable. If you're ever going to go to a nude beach and expose your genitals, remember those are body parts that don't have much exposure. They burn fast. Be careful. Uh, On the dating during COVID, you should wait longer than just a vaccine. You should wait until this is all fixed and make the relationship stronger before you commit. And another text that says that talks about the one thing that people aren't missing is all the money they had to spend on dates that went nowhere right? Uh, those first dates. So uh, you're avoiding all of that as well by having these online uh, conversations and online dates. And I think it's a good way to go. I think it's a good way to go. Uh, so approximately 300 swingers recently gathered in New Orleans to spread love in the time of coronavirus. And they ended up spreading 
COVID-19 instead, as their sex convention turned into a super spreader event that has seeded dozens of new cases of the virus. At least, at least 41 people who attended the Naughty Nolens convention in Louisiana have since tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, this is according to the guy uh, who organizes, Bob Hannaford. He has a company called Naughty Events uh, Company, and he organizes four-day extravaganza. He said, if I could go back in time, I would not produce this event again. This is what he wrote uh, just uh, last week. He added that most of the cases were mild, but a few were severe and one required hospitalization. It weighs on me and it will continue to weigh on me until everyone is 100% better. The annual convention typically draws around 2,000 attendees in the summer. Uh, Naughty events pared this year's convention down to about 300 uh, and held it on November 11th to the 15th at a hotel where coronavirus safety measures were added to the festivities. It is unclear how many staff at the hotel might have come down with the virus, and the hotel manager has not responded uh, with comments. Hannaford says he tried to impose a wide range of safety measures at the gathering, and he was initially confident that things had gone well. He told everyone to get tested beforehand and discouraged people from attending if they had underlying health risks. He canceled the dance floor, handed out contact diaries, and urged people to wear masks when they weren't eating. He also imposed a wristband system to identify people who'd had the virus and others who had recently tested negative. We tried our best to create a bubble, but it's very difficult. And of course, it's still spread amongst all the sexual intimacy. And I highly doubt much social distancing was uh, happening there. Uh, So um, a spokesperson said that apparently they did not have a permit. The, The city in New Orleans, uh, began allowing a maximum of 100 people to gather indoors with masks and social distancing, but they they were requiring special events and gatherings to get permits. Apparently, they did not have a permit, but anyway. The guy said his company followed all city and state protocols, but you can't control everybody indoors. It's a swingers convention, for God's sakes. It It's a party for swingers. Highly doubt they will. There will be a lot of social distancing in that kind of environment. Makes no sense. Uh, Texter writes in. It's incredible how retarded Americans are. Really, hosting a swingers event when they have 15 million cases. Organizers need to be jailed. Yeah, how's a guy going to live with himself if some if somebody dies because or one or more people die because of of holding um, such an event? But you know, you have to hold people responsible too. How stupid to go to uh, an event like that, truly, in in these times. But what can I say? There are plenty of people like that in the world, so we can rant and rave. Are we going to change? other people. No, we can only control what we do. So let's hang on to that. Uh, coming up, we'll talk about, and we'll continue this. Uh, I was going to look at some research that talks about how the pandemic has permanently possibly changed dating. And this might be interesting for those of you who are out there uh, dating right now. From the pleasure and the politics 
to the hang-ups and the heartbreak. You're listening to Passion, CJD 800. I got this lovely text. I respect and adore you, Dr. Lori. Regardless of themes of the show, you are a very courageous person. Uh, lots of love. Um, I'm wondering what, what you think makes me a very courageous person. I, I'm wondering if it's the fact that I talk about sexuality or I dare talk about certain topics. Uh, I'm curious to know. After all these years, I see no courage in it, but... Um, but I do appreciate the sentiment. Thank you very much. All right. The headline, six in 10 Americans believe the COVID-19 pandemic has permanently changed the dating game. This was a survey of 2,000 Americans revealed 63% believe dating will be forever altered as a result of the pandemic, and 31% believe virtual dates are here to stay. 30% think people will be more, more likely to turn to dating apps and a goodnight kiss may have to wait for a second or third date because 44% believe there will be more caution used when touching and kissing on dates. I don't think that's a bad thing. Results also revealed 66% believe the pandemic has been the biggest game changer since the rise in online uh, dating. 57% believe the pandemic made it easier to reach the comfort zone with a partner. So it, the, this whole quarantine and, and pandemic has some benefits for relationships. It found that 80% believe when they reach the comfort zone with a partner, they can truly be themselves. And interestingly, half of the respondents believe people can reach the comfort zone solely through virtual dates without ever actually meeting in person. Uh, with virtual dates, 32% think they're forced to take things more slowly, and 38% said it's actually easier to get to know someone when you are not face-to-face. -face. Um, so that's good news. That's a, that's a plus for all of this. Now, I'm sure you must have heard of this. Uh, Ellen Page, have you, do you know this uh, actress? She's from Juno and, and many others. She's an, well, I should say he now, but incredible actor. Uh, so she, Ellen Page has come out as, tra as a transgender male, uh, goes now by the name of Elliot. And uh, Elliot Page tweeted this, which I will share the letter. Hi, friends. I want to share with you that I am trans. My pronouns are he, they, and my name is Elliot. I feel lucky to be writing this, to be here, to have arrived at this place in my life. I feel overwhelming gratitude for the incredible people who have supported me along this journey. I can't begin to express how remarkable it feels to finally love who I am enough to pursue my authentic self. I've been endlessly inspired by so many in the trans community. Thank you for your courage, your generosity, and ceaselessly working to make this world a more inclusive and compassionate place. I will offer whatever support I can and continue to strive for a more loving and equal society. I also ask for patience. My joy is real, but it is also fragile. The truth is, despite feeling profoundly happy right now and knowing how much privilege I carry, I am also scared. I'm scared of the invasiveness, the hate, the jokes, and of violence. To be clear, I'm not trying to dampen a moment that is joyous and one that I celebrate, but I want to address the full picture. 
The statistics are staggering. The discrimination towards trans people is rife, insidious, and cruel, resulting in horrific consequences. In 2020 alone, it has been reported that at least 40 transgender people have been murdered, the majority of it of which were Black and uh, Latinx trans women. To the political leaders who work to criminalize trans health care and deny our right to exist, and to all those with a massive platform who continue to spew hostility towards the trans community, you have blood on your hands. You unleash a fury of vile and demeaning rage that lands on the shoulders of the trans community, a community in which 40% of trans adults report attempting suicide. Enough is enough. You aren't being canceled. You are hurting people. I am one of those people and we won't be silent in the face of your attacks. I love that I am trans and I love that I am queer. And the more I hold myself close and fully embrace who I am, the more I dream, the more my heart grows and the more I thrive. To all trans people who deal with harassment, self-loathing, abuse, and the threat of violence every day, I see you, I love you, and I will do everything I can to change this world for the better. Thank you for reading this. All my love, Elliot, formerly um, Ellen Page. So she, um, sorry, he, uh, and if you've seen uh, the Umbrella Academy, Ellen Page is uh, is in there. Uh, and uh, Ellen Page married wife uh, Emma Portner in uh, 2018. So, Interesting, interesting news. Uh, Ellen Page had come out as gay not that long ago, and then uh, we've got this. Uh, Dr. Lori, check out Hard Candy. Ellen Page was the main character, and the topic would be up your alley. Uh, I don't know if I've seen that or not. Um, so uh, thank you for reading my text tonight, Lori. Courageous because your show is one of a kind. I honestly can't imagine many people bringing up some of the topics the way you do. So in that strong sense, you are courageous. I don't always agree with you, but yet I am your massive fan. Uh, stay safe and enjoy your weekend. Well, thank you. Thanks for clarifying that. Uh, I appreciate that very much. And Ellen, pa- uh, sorry, Elliot Page actually makes... Um, uh, alludes to uh, the political part of uh, LGBT. And then there was this headline, Donald Trump issues his last World AIDS Day proclamation and erases LGBT people again. I think World AIDS Day was last week. One of the few con- uh, consistencies of the Trump administration has been the president's willingness to break the norms of polite society to directly snub or denigrate minorities. And while he does it, Donald Trump will lie about being the best thing ever for the targeted community. Trump's proclamation for World AIDS Day continues the trend. For the entirety of his presidency, Trump refused to include LGBTQ people in the official acknowledgement of the deadly disease. Instead, he touts his administration's ending the HIV epidemic plan from 2019 that claims it will practically end new HIV infections in the United States within 10 years. Of course, none of that happens. In fact, he has fired his HIV AIDS commission. He replaced it with something else. He took money from the AIDS programs to pay for uh, his policy of separating uh, migrant children from their parents. He shut down HIV cure research. So it just points out all the inconsistencies uh, right there. That's it. 
Thank you. Thank you for being part of my every day, actually, uh, my week. Thanks for spending your time with me. Thank you to our technical producer, Nicole Pro- Proano. Thank you to our passion researcher, Linda DeLisi. If you want to find me, you can on social media, on all platforms, at Dr. Lori Betito, D-R-L-A-U-R-I-E-B-E-T-I-T-O, or just go to my website, drlaurie.com, and you find all past podcasts there as well. And uh, information about my book and a couple of TEDx talks that I did are also on there too. Coming up next year on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening, a fabulous weekend. Stay safe and remember to live your life with passion.